Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio. And it's great to have the privilege of reaching out to those of you who are hearing us live and those of you who will be connecting on archive. We welcome you. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be a saint in the, uh, in the timetable of the Lord, but I, I do believe that this, uh, this timetable facet is, sounds pretentious, but it's one of the most important of any that God has led mankind through. And I think that what the saints are called to do in the year that we're in is absolutely critical toward what God prophesies about the end time. So we welcome the saints. And, you know, this is, this is really a, a polarizing moment in the spirit realm. By polarizing, I mean you have alignments and um, you have recruitment almost of the enemy for the forces of the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet. You know, you, you can see it. You can see it if you really are looking. And I know that there are those that just discount this whole thing. But I'm not one of them. <laughs> and I, I believe that we, if there was ever a time when we needed to take extremely seriously what God has called us to be and to do, it is now. And we must, we must do, our, do our duty for our Father. Diligence is the key. And, uh, and persistence and persuasion within ourselves. And um, it's, it's just a very interesting time. It's very interesting. And so we welcome you. And um, we thank God for the remnant of the saints. I've been reading through Revelation. And really praying that the mystery, the understanding will continue to be unfolded and revealed for us. But you say, you know, some people don't even really count it as valid or some people don't even think it's it's a reality. And I, I, every day when I read, I just, I marvel at the detail. I marvel at just the graphic descriptions that the Spirit gave to John to be able to write that book and just the the clarity of vision that he had and and I think my spirit is is really like reaching towards just deeper dimensions of that gifting you know the prophetic gifting to be able to tap in and and draw um, really these reality these are realities for us and, and yet there's so much of it that I don't understand. There's so many questions that I have. But I know that, like you said, 
or like she said, (laughs) (laughs) that we are stepping into uh, a time frame where God is going to bring just deeper understanding to what these things that may be viewed as symbolic really mean for us and and how we are to to wait no we're not waging war how we are to to stand in the midst of these battles and the things that we're facing because i firmly believe a lot of the things that we're facing in warfare have everything to do with that and i want to be faithful i really do i want to be faithful to to stand in the midst of it and you know we all face challenges and i i just I, I, you know, I hear from so many saints around the world, and and I'm so thankful for the connection where they share things that they're walking through, things that they're going through, um, that are that are, you know, sometimes very serious and fright. You know, that they could, you know, frighten. They can even be frightening to us in the natural. But I know that everything as a saint that the Lord really requires us to walk through here on this earth the easy and the hard has a greater purpose and that greater purpose is to um, really I think strengthen us and equip us for what lies ahead so you know it's kind of hard to be thankful for the challenges but at the same time, he meets us in the middle of them. He meets, I mean, he just, he meets us. He meets us in the pain. He meets us in the battle. He meets us in the struggle. And so this is all to say, I mean, this is trying, I'm trying to bring an encouraging word. Because <laughs> I know some of you that are listening are really struggling and battling. I mean, you're battling for your very life, whether it be physical or whatever. And I just want to encourage you and say, the Lord is with you, and he will bring you through, and you will be stronger on the other side. So. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a great truth that we, we need to hold on to because it follows the pattern of the way God moves through his word and um, we're we're living out principles that we should know it doesn't make them well it does make them a little easier to deal with if you understand that or if you're willing to subscribe to the God's right to lead us through those things and see that that's a problem that statement right there has been a problem over this past year for a lot of people because they think, I don't understand why God is doing this. I don't understand why he's allowing this. You know, we did all these things and we proclaimed and we stood and we voted and we, we, uh, we prayed and why is this happening? Um, you can't equate those two things. But we do. And then we question whether God is really in control or whether he listens to us. And, um, and if, he, if he really did, why is this happening or that happening or why am I going through this? 
and we have just enough faith and Christians are always that's why that's why the uh, the medicine show of teachings that rolls through town every now and then telling Christians how if they pray this way if they do this thing they'll get everything they want and it has to be this way if you do these things you've been doing it wrong in the past and now if you do it this way then you'll have what you have you know what guess what never works that way because this is a relationship this is a partnership we try to make it a binding contract and it is to some degree a contract in walking with God because he's faithful but in the contract it's not a contract between equals it's a contract between God and those who serve him and you have to you have to let God be God and if you ever get to the point where you think you figured out how he does things and that if I do this and this and this then he's got to act you better you better burn that series of uh, of uh, teachings and get back on your face and trust and um, the scriptures are filled with things that God was always with his people he led them through but there were crazy things that happened that didn't seem to make any sense and um, I don't I don't really I don't really pretend to say I understand them all but what I do understand is that God is always God and he he will be faithful to what he promised and so um, I think a lot of people over the past year, including us at some point, as we're praying, we think, God, I, it's not a sin to say you don't understand. The sin part comes in when you accuse God and you say, I don't understand, and it's aimed at him. I don't understand how you could do this. See, there's a difference. It's the same word, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard a week or so ago a quote. Somebody said, it's okay to ask God questions, but it's not okay to question God. Mm. And that was so profound to me because I realized that um, we do that. And and it's, it's, it, it's all, I think comes from our heart and and I mean even like in in our own natural relationships like with me and you it's like I I could approach you and ask you a question to something that I don't understand and that's one thing you would respond one way to that if 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 that question was if if it was asked in sincerity and humility and hey, I don't understand this. But if I approach that same point with questioning you or what might appear to be questioning you, that immediately puts you on the offense and turns everything upside down. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's, it's all about our commune. 
and and how we approach and because he knows we don't understand all things he knows that we have questions he knows that we say but god why why are you making me go through this why i thought i was dead to that you know i thought but you know his ways are perfect and and he promises that he turns all things that we surrender to him to good according to his will and purpose for our lives and it's it's so easy to approach questioning as opposed to just to having a question you know in humility you know help me understand this because this is how i'm seeing it and i know that's not your heart for me because so much of it is on us it's the way that we are receiving or interpreting what's happening and so it's just all the part of the process of of him working through us does that make sense mm-hmm. so such a fun walk <laughs> well I, I think it's fair to say that a lot of believers have a lot of saints have faced that and and i, I think it's a good thing you know in, in a way it's a good thing to have gone through that pathway because guess what <laughs> our world and the waters we're going to have to navigate in ministry in the coming months how, how much ever long time the lord gives us how much ever length of time the lord gives us we're going to face a lot of those things and the only things that are really going to help us to keep course is the anchor of hope that we know what God has said and that we trust him and to some degree we are aware of his principles um, the, the, the challenge with God's principles is that there's not a predictable time frame to them and sometimes a principle of God seems to be elongated at the very beginning and then there's a quick middle and then there's there's th- that suddenly end and i think it's interesting that the end is always a suddenly you know you know so many times and suddenly the day of pentecost fully come and suddenly you know the god of peace shall crush satan suddenly under your feet you know and and i think that the funny thing about the suddenly is that it doesn't give you a whole lot of time to recalibrate before the next sequence comes <laughs> And we often miss that part, but the, the, two, the, the two main things, is the, the promise, seal of fulfillment, which is, is the framework of any of the principles of God. Uh, it's the framework of it. You can't predict the two things um, that, are, that are the time frames. And I think that as long as we're aware that we trust God, we know what we've done to this point. We may not understand what is actually going on around us, but those those things that we've committed are true. I know whom I'm believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. That old song, your mom probably knows it. Do you know that song? I know whom I am believed and am persuaded. Do you know that one? Yeah. Josh Carrolls will probably sing it with a, a bongo and a <laughs> From his garage. and a Hawaiian guitar. You know, I think I think you talk about promise, seal, and fulfillment, and I think 
whenever we face difficult things, I think we really need to to press in to have God re- remind us of the promise. And and because you hold on to that promise, God is not going to waver on that. He's absolutely his word is yea and amen and he's not going to waver on that. Just yesterday I was in the sanctuary and you know how you just have these moments with the Lord and it was just a real sweet, actually a pretty powerful time for me personally before the Lord. He was just revealing himself to me and um, and in ways that were really uh, life-changing, I can say. And it should be that way. But uh, he, just in the midst of it, he began to remind me of something that he had done for me actually not for me but that's something that I had stood and believed for him for like three years and it was like life or death kind of stuff I mean it was it was a very difficult situation in my personal life and I didn't talk about it but it was something that I was facing and every single day I would come in and just have intercession and it wasn't something that I overly focused on but something that I carried with me as a burden before the Lord believing for, uh, you know, for the fulfillment of his promise. And I remember one day I came in and I was pretty much exhausted from the warfare because I knew that I was standing in warfare on behalf of this. And, and I came in and for like 20 minutes, it was just all out warfare in tongues. I was in here all by myself in the middle of the afternoon. And, and then all of a sudden the tongues just stopped. It's just like, talk about it suddenly, it just like stopped. And I heard the Lord say, it's done. The battle's won. And I, it, I mean, so for me, in my natural perspective, I thought, okay, that means I'm going to see immediate, an immediate resolve here to this situation. And it was two years from that time that actually I saw the fulfillment of that promise actually come to light and happen and so I say all that to say that you hold on to his promise you know that he's faithful and true and what he says he will do he will do but the journey with him through that when you're not really seeing it manifest that's the critical time that's where your faith is tried that's where you just stand on what he says and no matter how thing I mean even when it looks like it's anything but the fulfillment of the promise it's it's interesting and so I think about the seal apart and just the contending um, it's just it, it's just it, the timing of all that is just interesting to me because you think okay you have he speaks the promise and then you have the season of, of seal which could be 10 minutes or it could be 10 years I mean his seals are just all different mm-hmm. there's so many different dimensions to our walk with him um, anyway, so he's faithful, and I continue to give thanks to him for all the things that I've just witnessed personally just throughout this network, the things that he has done for his people, and I just feel so much gratitude. Sometimes it just, it's just overwhelming, so... Yet, there's still things that we're battling and will continue. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I, I know that that is more than just a fair statement. That is an operative statement. Um, the, the waters, as they say, are troubled. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's happening in the spirit realm and uh, in the, in the natural not just governmentally but in the synagogue of Satan being put together right in front of us and um, I, I just I'm just astounded yeah speaking of that I got a, a message from Olivia Zafus in Switzerland this morning and she just she always lets me know when they have prayer gatherings and she said that today there's a group of intercession that's going to be praying for the big meeting today at 20:30. i'm not sure what time 8 30 at 8 30 before the gates foundation and she said she said literally our city has been turned into a military bunker um please stand with us as we pray so i'm putting that out there to the intercessors that um i don't know all the details of this you probably do well, I know that Uncle Joe is going to meet with uh, Vlad Putin. Putin. But that's not. I know they. It's just, in Geneva. Okay, because they just had the. Are there still the G7. Having the G7. No, they split off from that, and and now he's going on for this summit, which is really, I I have mixed emotions about all of this, but it's important. It's very important, but um, I I just. We just need to pray that the will of God will be done, that the timetable of the Lord, because the enemy is always trying to to get ahead of God or to drag things slower, and um, he's just working overtime between China and Russia right now. China's the bigger threat, but Russia is a facilitator, and um, so whatever whatever goes on there we just have to pray that God will hedge the enemy so that boy it's strange these are strange times in spiritual warfare so we appreciate that Olivia is there and whatever intercessors are around that and at least you know you've got one saint that's praying in diversities of tongues and and um, um, who's believing God. Now, I, I don't know that we ever were at that Bill Gates Foundation. We did a lot of things throughout Geneva. I don't think that it was... Were, was that even established at that time when we went and did the stuff at the, at the UN? I have no idea. Because I remember when he... He really kind of rushed onto the scene... You want to say it's really not politically, but it is politically. Um, with his foundation and and whatnot, and it seems like I remember going up in through the the hills in Nice, going up to the Pichonais. Didn't they say that he had a house up there? Yeah. Oh, that was in France. Oh, forgive yeah, me. That's I all right. Getting my countries mixed up. Well, we did do a lot of stuff with the United Nations. We did stuff, um, of course, at the place in the center of town where the the uh, the Red Cross 
was founded. We did stuff at that Reformation Wall, and in that park there, we did um, we did we did a lot of different things in establishing and planting the seeds. Oh, she just texted. She just messaged me and said that the Gates Foundation is. This is a new thing. Okay. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Olivia. I just want you to know, or we want you to know, that we're standing with you in prayer today for what God's really called you to stand for there today. Yeah. So we, we pray, and we encourage the saints to pray, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just... Uh, the, the darkness and the gross darkness is really gaining momentum across the world and um, we we just uh, <laughs> we need to stay on on track you know see that's the thing because what's what's happening around us are are important things but the most important thing is the agenda of God and he's he's looking past these positionings he's seeing them but he, these are all being positioned and his next move God's next move is what we need to really be we need to be aware of what's happening now we need to continue to pray but we need to align ourselves with what he's going to do next and um, I I know that that is a that's an amazing task for all of us and it can be confusing at times you know like you, you just I, I and we can't really turn this into a geopolitical show but just things that are happening in our nation that, that right now. You've got Central America and they said over a hundred nations people are represented in people flooding into our southern border. Well over a million people that we know of have come across since January. So that's, that's something. You have... Um, the the ongoing things with our universities and which are largely leftist. If you I don't know if you heard that interview with the the young girl that escaped from North Korea. I read that last night. She was talking about Columbia University. That is shocking. But it's been going on. You have things that are going on in our high schools right now, and the battle over critical race theory. Um, you have the Muslim influence that's urging on um, attacks against Israel. And that, that's a factor which is really important to God. <laughs> How we respond to that is, is really important to God. Um, but you've got those factors, but then you've got the plethora of things that are happening in the spirit realm right now where the enemy is positioning and you have this influence that came beginning at last year that is just hatred and vile prince of the power of the air corruption that tries to stir up your 
your iniquities in the past. Um, and then you had the after effects of the, of the great sequestering and the pandemic uh, drawdown. And, and even, boy, there are so many things. I mean, there's so many things. <laughs> but yet, through it all, what God has asked the saints to do in intercession remains constant. And all these things that I mentioned are important, but they're also, yeah, they're important, but they're temporal. The eternal is what we must focus on in our trust with God. And we understand that, but it's difficult to do. It's difficult. Because these are hot button issues. I mean, not political. I mean, the damnable things being said about abortion now. The it, just crazy things, just wicked things. Yeah, Olivia was sharing with me this morning while we were walking the dogs about a friend that she used to work with, who's very liberal, and this this girl goes on these rants like on social media, and she went on a rant last night about our governor because our governor um, put out a message about conserving electricity. God forbid. <laughs> and and so she, she goes on this rant about all our governor is doing is... is um, trying to to control our rights like abortion rights and now this <laughs> and Olivia was just like can you I mean she's just like those two things are not even remotely the same but that, that was her rant that he's just so controlling and he wants to control women's rights and this electricity thing <laughs> And so we went on to have a conversation about our state. And, you know, I said, we need to start praying now that our governor is preserved in his position through the next term. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if the few people that I know of that are considering contending for that office actually get into that office, our state will just, I said, that's when I may consider moving because it's one thing to be in this country that is so whacked and so unrighteous in its rulership. At least we're in a state that is somewhat conservative and, and, and really um, preserving the righteous intent of who we are as a people. And that has always been somewhat of a, an insulation that I'm very thankful for to be in a state like this. And so I don't know when that election is, because she was asking me, well, when is that happening? And I'm ashamed to say I don't know. But there's already been threats of him being unseated. And of course, you know, you talk about all, all those people coming across the border and just all this battle for identification and voting. And it's just so crazy. Mm -hmm. But you can see the enemy's intent, the threat of it throughout. And so I'm just so thankful that 
that we're on the Lord's side. And you talk about not making it our focus. What's happening here in the in the in this carnal world? It, it's to me, it's a it's a constant battle to not just want to put my head in the sand, to not want to watch the news, to not want to know what's going on, to not want to listen to the political voices. I don't want to listen to them. And so at the same time, I don't want to read the news because it's just, it's just frustrating and it makes me angry. And so what is the alternative? You just put your head in the sand. So I say all that to say, I just remember that we are citizens of heaven and that our conversations in heaven and that God's given us this incredible gift of diversities of tongues and intercession in the spirit. And we just stay faithful to that and, and let him bring revelation and truth. And he, he's just going to have to help us. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but I mean, I, we were like having this conversation of what country we would move to. <laughs> and I've never felt that way before. I mean, of course, I'd love to live in, I mean, you know how much I love the nations that God is has given to us and would probably not kick and scream if he up and moved me to France or England but or Switzerland or whatever but you know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> well I, I know I mean it's um, you know I uh, it's crazy yeah. Well, I, I'm going to lead us down another pathway of political stuff and I need to stop not that you did that. I'm the one that did this. Um, but but our point, though, is that um, we do need to pray. And, and we do pr we have to pray for Governor Abbott. We do, because if Matthew McConaughey gets in there, all right, all right, all right. Well, he's not nearly as liberal. He's as not as bad. But, he, oh, Beto, golly, no, this I neighborhood. Mean, that would be I saw a sticker on, on a brand new Mercedes. I mean, it was a new sticker yesterday for Beto. And yeah. I thought, what that, is that would wrong be, with you? That would be a detriment to our state. Uh, Lord have mercy. Definitely. But I did hear that Governor Abbott is, there, Texas is going to build a wall. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yesterday he announced that Texas is going to build. Oh, but weren't, didn't the federal government say they were going to sue him if he if he goes forth to do that? I'm sure that they look to see what the feds can do and what Texas can do. I don't think we can do it on federal land, which is what the border actually is. But you can do it beyond that as part of Texas and the sovereignty of Texas. And... Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I cannot even I cannot even describe when we were down at the coast, down at the border a couple of years ago, when the wall began to start being built. Livy and I would make this little sojourn down to the border because there was some shopping down there that we liked to do. Plus, it was just a fun excursion, and so we would make our way down to the border, of Mexico. And, you know, the little barbed wire fencing that was up for, gosh, 25 years I've been doing this. Well, we drove down there a couple years ago and made that little trip, and I saw the wall. And I cannot, it was almost like the first time I saw 
the Eiffel Tower, or the first time, or the one time I saw the Colosseum in Rome, mm-hmm. or um, it, I mean, it had that that effect on my spirit. It was just like, whoa. I mean, it just I don't know. I can't even describe it. So I said, stop the car. So we stopped the car and got out, and I had the kids take a picture of me in front of the wall. And um, I mean, it 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 had authority. I mean, I, maybe that's what I'm not saying. The Eiffel Tower affected me that way. I'm just saying when you see something that you've seen in pictures all your life, and then you actually see it, and it's so big and just a symbol of Paris, and just it, it's a memorable thing. This was I could feel the authority, and I could feel the God-given authority, and um, it was a profound moment actually. Yeah, and and by saying that, and I agree, by saying that we're not saying we don't love Mexico. I mean, not or refugees. No, I, I have mean, a heart for the refugees. It, that's not the issue. It's the issue that you have to have some measure of security for any nation, just like you do for your own house, just like you do for your car. I mean, it's it's just nonsense to not respect um, even God has borders and boundary lines that are listed in the scripture and so so anyway that's a political thing and yeah I, I was not implying that at all I mean, I no I know you I know you weren't but I, there I would see. be those who hear us who would say that's what we're saying and um, so you always have to throw that disclaimer in but it's just interesting too and Teresa could probably really uh, speak into this but you can sense the warfare I mean you it's just it's it's just like talk about a causeway of the spirit realm I mean you could you could feel just the contention in the the in the realm um, because it is something that has been contended over for gosh politically and I just I just ask the Lord just to continue to lead our government and truth and it's one of those things that we know the story we know how the story ends but we also know what happens along the way and so we just have to continue to keep our eyes on the promise and our eyes on what the purpose of God and and not let these little Cairo segments trip us up yeah that's well said. Um, let's, uh, yes, it's interesting because I was doing a, a broader study of, of as, as I said on Sunday, about the root word from which holiness and the saints is derived. And, um, you know, we, we did this study years ago but we stayed more on point, on the most appropriate point about the heart of it, that we're standing with God to partner with him for restoration and to turn what's been twisted into what he intends. But we didn't go off and extrapolate because people are often tend to, to, to miss the main point by embracing other things. And then in the middle of it, they lose what the main point is. 
But it was just fascinating to me that of all the things that I even said on Sunday, um, the Lord reminded me through through this study that, uh, did you know that, I'm sure you did, that locusts and grasshoppers, their name is based off of Chag as well. And um, it, it brings it whole to that John ate locusts and wild honey. It, it ties it back to the saints. And then the grasshoppers were uh, really important in attacking the economy of Egypt when, when God did what he did through Moses. Um, and then the belt was is the derivative of, of Chag. And, you know, we, we have the belt of truth but all truth is focused on that partnership with God toward what he's wanting to accomplish. So the, the belt in itself is, is a prophetic symbol of your identity and it covers the area where truth and where your spirit is. And, and I thought that was very interesting as well. Um, and so, mentioned, we need, probably need to, to speak about this, even though we don't have it all put together yet. I want to remind all of you that we are going to be having seminar here in Dallas, uh, September 14th, that Tuesday through the end of the week. And um, we, we really want to encourage as many of you who, who can to plan to be here because it is a convening of the Lord and it's being called the feast because that's what that's what Adonai um, that's what Adonai is uh, is asking us to come and do to to come into alignment and I was going through Adonai scriptures uh, and I think it's interesting the way God uses that in, in the Old Testament. But one of my favorites was when God awakens as from his sleep. And it's, it's Adonai that awakens. And you would think, how is that? How does that make any sense? Because... Adonai, of course, is the structure of God, the army, not the army of the Lord, but the positionings, all the things that God is doing. Uh, and, and we say he's Lord and we come and we surrender because we're created and we have a place in that. And it was one of David's favorite as a warrior that everyone was in his place, which is why it was so odd that uh, the Hittite that he actually arranged to have killed they were the most disciplined group in any of the in the far near uh, the far east uh, the near east the middle east at that time the hittites were known for that and um but for and and so it would seem to me that when it seems like god is sleeping when it seems like god is slumbering which he never sleeps he never slumbers um, that that is a time when God is working what we each individually are and we're being prepared we're being 
uh, we're being uh, instructed, we're being positioned. And, and, and at that time, and I think we could say this, so many people over this past year have said, what's God doing? Seems like he's not doing anything. You know, he's, How can well, we know he's there. That? Well, but you've heard it. I just don't understand. I did all these things and what's God gonna do about it? That's what we were talking about earlier. I don't understand what's he doing as if he's not doing anything. I know, but there's also been a huge focus on waiting, 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 waiting. And, and I understand that concept. It's so important for us to wait. But at the same time, I, f I feel like we've been, regardless of whether or not it looks like what it used to look like, I feel like we've been laboring. Oh, yes, we have. I mean, like almost, it's, it's, there's been a demand put upon that. But I think, yes, and I fully, fully agree. But even if you look at our nation, so many people, in fact, you were even telling me about a, a, a very close relative that was just befuddled because of what happened over the past year in our nation. And it really causes you to, causes someone to think, I don't understand why this is God. Yeah, I'm totally there. So, totally. but it, it would seem though that whenever that type of thing is happening, that what you said is true, Adonai is aligning people and getting the troops prepared. And you're either being prepared or you have gone AWOL, or you are, you're an objector, uh, unconscious objector, not a conscientious, an unconscious. I don't know, I've just had it, I'm... So, but I thought that was a very interesting thing because it's Adonai that gathers for these three feasts, these three kahags. And sounds like something Papa would say. <laughs> and, and the three feasts are first fruits and well, Passover, Passover, first fruits, Pentecost, and tabernacles. And tabernacles. It's just so interesting, and it's interesting what the, those three feasts really represent. And I. Sunday was so profound in my spirit and it really was kind of it was something that Nancy Deshawn had said in her class which really wasn't even the subject of her class but when she was just sharing from a very humble heart about how she feels like she's giving God the leftovers of her energy and the Lord just immediately just started pricking my heart about first fruits about our first fruits offering to him with everything that we are that we really need to be giving him the best of what we have, um, of our of our energy, of our time. I mean, it doesn't mean that all these other things are gonna fall away. It means that you're giving him the best of what you have, that you're putting him and your service to him, whether it's intercession, being in the word, whatever it is, staying current, you're giving that the priority of your life. And that's so important for us because if it becomes secondary to the cares of this world then we will not be prepared by Adonai he's asking us to give to make him and this calling as saints and this calling as intercessors as a priority in our life again not that it never never was but just the reality of that I think is is kind of a rhema for us yeah and um, 
I mean, he convicted, he convicted me on Sunday. It's like, you know, Lord, I think I am, but it's something that's very much on the forefront of my, my thoughts and my daily activity. Yeah, so. yeah, you know that, and I think that's that's another that's another very finely tuned sensitivity to the spirit, and um, and I, I I know that as you heard that, not a whole lot of people do. You know, and too, I was remembering about first fruits, and I was. I was thinking all this through through Sunday morning about how the promise, you know, when 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 you would bring your first fruits offering to the priest, the promise is that his new walk would rest upon you, mm-hmm. and that new walk is so important for us because not only do we need to dwell in that measure of his breath, because from that place of his breath we're called to go forth and establish the tabernacles to establish other dwelling places of his breath yeah. and you have to remember that it's not just what we do in the natural you know our intercession carries that it's like is your intercession reaching forward and expanding out to where that breath is being established because everything happens in intercession before in the spirit realm before it happens in the natural so I feel like this season is a time where we talk about breakthrough. We talk about this point of transition. I feel like this transition, the breakthrough is so much about that that new walk that's the fruit or the, the yielded from the uh, as offering the first fruits and intercession. And I guess I say, for me, I feel like at the core of all that all that I am and all that really all of us are, no matter what our titles are, is intercession. If God looks to and through and he's looking for an intercessor, that's what I want to be. And so in my intercession, I want to give the first fruits to him so that that breath, his breath rests upon me. And I am expanding out in my intercession and establishing things in his breath. Yeah. So I didn't mean to preach, but I mean, I I just feel like all these things were like stirring in me on Sunday. And I, I just feel like it's significant in this season of feasts. Well, with that being said, and again, we are in the infancy of the process of preparing for this seminar now. Since God has said this is what he wants, now we have to put it together. But one thing we do know is that we have to take this this in-gathering very seriously and I think we're going to have discussions about this but we already have had one about it Um, the Tuesday will not be what we've known in the past because it's it's going to have to be more heavily of an intercessory coming to present yourself before God and like a first fruits of our offerings to him for what this whole gathering is. Not to say that, you know, it's always been a spiritual thing, but we'll we'll be doing something very different regarding this and then even carrying it over into Wednesday morning. 
So those two times will be a bit different than what we normally had by virtue of what God is asking after this what would be the word? You know, we didn't have an on-site gathering. Well, we did. Our people came. But it was virtual. It was remote in March. And it was really different, um, you know. So so I know that many of you, we both know this, um, many of you were here on that Tuesday. Many of you arrive later in the week and if you if you do that just know that whatever we do here you need to be doing wherever you are if you aren't here on Tuesday and Wednesday morning does that make sense so that we're all in harmony together before God as to what he's wanting because that's imperative there's going to be a lot of teaching there's going to be a lot of discussions and ministries a lot of different things going on but um, the point of it is is that this is an in-gathering that's um, that's very different from any of the other in-gatherings so um, please make your plans if you've not already made them but just know that our entry into this has got to be different than what it has been and our mindset has got to be different than what it has been so uh, I told Pastor Fabian that I was going to be writing a blurb for this such a funny word <laughs> I know I hate I hate you know, you know I hate doing that no, anyway but what is that what is that word well, you have to write it for. I don't know. No, you need to look it up. Blurb? I don't know where, what it where means. Where did they come up with that? But I've got to. I've got to do that every week for messages, and I hate doing that. I hate writing intros to books. I just want to get after the meat, you know. So, um, but but we will be putting out some kind of a thing that we'll send out to everybody before you get here, but we'll be following that for those first sessions about what did God say in Exodus? What did, he, what did Adonai, Yahweh, Elohim say? What does that mean? What do those three feasts mean, which we just talked about? How does Adonai work in all three of those? How does Yahweh work in all three of those? How does Elohim work in all three of those? What does it mean to be ra'ah and be sensitive, the anointing of the ra'ah? What does that mean for us? And what does that mean to be a saint during this time? How are the factors of that definition? How do we apply them? So all of that is imperative for us to know. I mean, it really, and it's not that hard. It's not hard. But it's imperative that this is what God requires, so you need to be cognizant of it. And... Um, so, all of that's coming, but the point is, though, that whether you're here at the beginning, which we really would love for you to be, or whether you come in later, we all need to have partaken into this, into the steps of entry into the end gathering, so that we're all the same mindset. And because it's important to God, this is not 
This is not what we are doing. Um, and we're very grateful as we wind down the program here that uh, Robin is going to be uh, downloading and doing what all needs to be done today, just as she did yesterday. And we continue to speak health yes. and blessing into her body, soul, and spirit. We appreciate her so much. Yes. And, you know, when, when um, she was faced with some very difficult challenges physically and she had to step away from what we had been familiar, uh, the things she had done faithfully, you really recognized how invaluable she is to this work so we bless her and we saw the cursor moving on the screen there so yeah we speak life and wholeness and vitality and just complete healing into your body robin i know you're listening and and you just need to know that we're standing with you and just believing for just absolute wholeness and healing amen and that there would be no fear and you really have um, shown yourself as a champion of faith. And yes. that is such a testimony to the rest of us as you've just stood and overcome. And not to say that it's not still a struggle, but I, I don't know. But I'm just saying that the way that you rose above that with such confidence in God's purpose for your life, it just such a testimony to, to all of us. Amen. So we know that God's going to bring you through this, and um, you're going to be running through the sanctuary before we know it. Once again, I've never seen oh, Robin have. run through the sanctuary. She's always moving and shaking and doing something around here. Well, she's yeah. She's she's she is a servant of all servants. I mean, she really has. She's. She's just like Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> You're laying it on now. We can, we can call her Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. No, we love you, Robin, and we really appreciate all that, all that you are and all that you, you do on behalf of um, the kingdom of the Lord. He loves you so much. So. Amen. Wow, that, that that was a prophetic release just for you, Robin. <laughs> well, she's really been on my heart, and I just... I just, I hate that she's having to walk through this, but I know that God is going to show himself so strong and so powerful through this, and it's going to be the most incredible testimony. And uh, so. Amen. Yeah. Well, we sure do appreciate all you Saints Cowboys coming up here to the Saints Roundup today. Sounds like one of those old uh, country western programs. We're going to put out the fire now. It's time to, around the campfire, it's time to all go back to our tents and serve the Lord. Well, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. May God bless you. And we look forward to what is ahead for all of us in Him. And uh, we'll look forward to reaching out again tomorrow for Wednesday Night Live. And until that time... Keep on praying and let's keep on doing what our Father asks of us. So God bless you all and goodbye. <laughs>